Okay, so this is the theme that is on my heart tonight. It's the simple gospel. The simple gospel. Do you know what I mean by the simple gospel? We humans make it, Carolyn's saying, we humans tend to make things, more, we, not just things, but following God. Following Jesus. Following Jesus more complicated than it needs to be. I'm going to turn this off and cough. When my wife coughs, I, I make fun of her because I say that she, she seems to me like she lives in the Downton Abbey show and she's dainty and, and respectable and a lady doesn't cough vigorously. So she's, and I'm getting stressed out because I'm like, do it. Get it out of there. Cough. Are you just get it. That? Yeah. Yeah. She got so mad. I said, oh, I'm a lady. I don't come down to Abbey. Oh, I do declare. I may have to. <clears throat> what? Okay. Let me pray. God, thank you for tonight. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for love. We thank you, God, for your word that makes not everything clear, but it makes what we need to know you clear, what we need to please you, what we need not to waste our life how to actually love well. It makes how to love well clear. It makes who you are clear. I ask God that you would unpack some simple truth to us tonight, that you would teach us, including me, through this conversation, through this topic. We ask, Holy Spirit, that this week, Holy Week, the week where, you, where we commemorate that you gave yourself for us and then rose from the dead, that this would land on our hearts as, a, as the big deal it is. We ask it in Jesus' name. All right, so here's what I mean by the simple gospel. I mean that the story of existence is a giant love story. Existence, like the meaning of life, is a giant love story, which is why we write so many love stories, and which is why even the movies that aren't love stories in some way, have some relationship back to the story of love. Somehow, every story worth telling has something to do with love, I think, personally. And the, the simple gospel is about the 18-inch journey from the head to the heart, right? where what we say becomes what we know, where what we believe becomes what we have become where what we believe has cut into who we are. The 18-inch journey of the simple reality, the gospel is about God's love. And the simple gospel is saying, I'm going to keep the gospel, the simple story of he loves me, he loves me, he loves me, until this thing defines me and drives me and has transformed me so that the conclusion at the very end of these notes says, here's the main point. Ephesians 5.2, that we're called to live a life of love because God is love and we're his kids. It's as simple as that. That's the, that's the simple gospel. There's a God of love and we're called to receive that love and abide in that love until we have become that love. There's more. We could say all kinds of more stuff, but that's the, most, that's the main thing. Um. It's a love story about rescue, a love story about, are you appointing others? 
And doodling helps you do that if you're like, right, right? Yeah, because I can't talk as fast as your brain can think. You think four times faster. You literally, you're, like the brain science says, you think four times faster than I'm talking right now. So when I go into a full manic caffeinated mode, I'm still only halfway, like, you know what I mean? Okay. So the love story, the simple gospel says the love story is about rescue. It's about redemption. I was dead, now I'm alive. Luke 15. I was a slave to sin, but now I belong to God. Romans 6. I was God's enemy, now I'm God's friend. Romans 5. Colossians 2. I was in the devil's kingdom, but now I'm in Jesus' kingdom. Colossians 1. I needed saving. I still need saving. And I'm going to need saving. So God is Savior. He was Savior. He is Savior. He will be Savior. And I'm going to need continued deliverance till we get home safe. Because that's what salvation is. It's God rescuing me out of everything that stands in between him and I until he finally brings me fully in peace into his kingdom. That's salvation. So it's a rescue story. And the, and the, the big picture, the simple gospel says, I actually needed saving. And I still do. And I will again. I got a friend who said online that they were living under an oppressive, oppressive, evil Christian belief system that taught them that there was something wrong with them and that they needed saving, when all they really needed was to be known and loved. And I just was very sad because I needed saving. I am selfish and bitter and angry and wicked and need to be changed from that into love. I do need to be seen and loved. But that's not, that's not the opposite of being saved. That's a part of being saved. Are you tracking with what I'm saying? How, like The person was basically saying, a gospel that tells people they need to be saved and need to be changed is unloving. And I'm like, it's unloving to leave people in their selfish, wicked, addicted, hard-hearted, desperate, like evil. People suck, dude. We need saving. That went on the podcast. <laughs> Simple gospel means sin and death are the problem. So the cross and the resurrection are the answer. Uh, Simple gospel says, I was headed to hell, and now I'm, not going, now I'm not going to hell. I'm going to heaven. Simple gospel says, I deserved hell. Everyone deserves hell. And if they get hell, they get what they deserved. It's morally correct for sinners in rebellion against God to go to hell. And the modern heart hates that reality because the modern heart is so twisted up with entitlement that we really don't own and take responsibility for the condition of our heart. I didn't. When Adam came here and taught, and he taught us to pray, I was going to hell, and that's what I deserved. And I'm not going because God had mercy on me and saved me and pulled me into his love. He wanted me real close. He, he made a home for me because he wants to see me every day in my father's house. This is where I am going. This is where I was going. When he prayed, and that's what I deserved, my, heart, my little heart, my little modern 2022 American Tim Miller heart said, no way, I deserve another chance and I deserve mercy. And then I said, but the Bible's clear. Romans 1 is so clear. Those who live this way deserve death. But the modern heart says God's measurement is wrong. Doesn't our culture, wouldn't our culture just be offended? 
the idea that anything would warrant any kind of penalty or punishment. We believe in rehab, treatment, no justice. And I'm not saying that the Bible doesn't have restorative justice, not just retributive justice, but the Bible also has retributive justice as morally correct. And so, anyway, I'm getting a little off topic here, but the simple gospel says, I was headed to hell and I'm going to heaven. I remember Will Hart years ago saying in an interview, asking what can Christians all agree on? He was asked the question, what can we actually agree on across all denominations, the whole world, all the Christians? What can we agree on? And he said, well, I hope we can agree that there's a hell and Jesus died to save us and take us to heaven. And I I remember sitting there going, we can't agree on that well. We should be able to, but we can't. But the simple gospel says, I was lost and now I'm found. It's a rescue story. It's a love story first and foremost. And because it's a love story, love came down. And love went on mission to rescue you and me. He didn't just die. He died for you. He didn't just love humanity. He loved you. He didn't just take the crown of thorns. He took the crown of thorns for Andrew, for Tim. He carried that cross for you. And that's that's something. So I try to say that in my thank yous in the morning. Because I need to know that. I I need to camp on it until it gets big in my understanding. And big enough in my understanding that it becomes real inside of me. Big enough so that it becomes real inside of me. And it begins to be where I'm living from, not just something I say, right? I was on a podcast recently, and they were talking about, what books do you read? What books you been reading? And they're all interested in the books I'm reading. And I reacted, and I regretted kind of what I said later. I basically said, um, I had a friend, I had a bunch of pastor friends, and they, they make these lists of like 50 books they're going to read this year. I don't get it. They are not living 50 books worth of holiness every year. Like, what is the point? Accumulating all that information. It's not making you a deeper, more powerful Christian. I actually want to read less books. I would be okay getting rid of all but about 10 or 12 of my books in my bookshelves. I look over my bookshelves and I go, almost none of these books changed my life. I can count on like maybe 10 or 12 books that actually changed my life that are worth reading. And the books that are worth reading are worth rereading over and over and over and over until they change me. Because I'm not interested in being entertained by truth. I want truth to change me. I want to become truth. See, that's a simple gospel premise. Simple gospel says it's not about what you know. It's about what you become. It's about who you know and how you know him changing who you have become. Are you with me? Simple gospel, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. Memorize it. That's the simple gospel. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. Like, you can't summarize the simple gospel any clearer than than Paul in Ephesians chapter 2. You were slaves to sin. You were slaves to sin. You were children of the devil. You deserved the wrath of God, but God in his mercy, verse 4. And when I get to verse 4, when I pray this out loud, sometimes I literally just go to Ephesians 2 and I pray it out loud. When I get to verse 4, I get emotional. Because everything wrong in my life was my fault. But everything that went right was because God in his mercy came with Jesus. Like, okay. Simple gospel means Jesus is the hero of the story. Not me, not you, not church, not missions, not politics, not science, not progress, not education, not literature, not wokeness, not anything we do to fix the world. And some of the things I've just said are actually really good, important things. 
But the story, if the big story of existence is that it's a giant love story, and that in that love story, God came on a rescue mission, Jesus is the hero of that love story. Jesus is the hero. Jesus did it all. Jesus. Jesus did it all. Jesus did it all. Jesus died to save me from sin. Jesus rose to save me from death. Jesus is coming again to put an end to all suffering. All suffering. All suffering. All the isms. All the isms that we're trying really hard to fix in our society and can't seem to fix and probably never will. We can make some progress, but we won't fix it. We can make a difference, but we can't end it, whatever it is. But he will end it, whatever it is. Okay? Jesus is coming again to put an end to all suffering. Jesus is the best thing that's ever happened to me, and he's the best thing that's ever happened to you. And, and he keeps happening to you over and over. <laughs> right? He is the best thing that's ever happened to you. That's the simple gospel. Jesus is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And he just keeps happening. When I tell you my story, my story is a story of being rescued and then still screwing up and then being rescued out of that and still screwing up. I could paint you the picture of my life since I was 19 when I said my yes to Jesus. And it is a, it is a story of God's patience with me. Like, I've, I've, just, I've gone backwards. Like, he rescued me in a day from smoking. I still, when I was out on outreach on missions, smoked for a week. The same, the same, on the same trip where I got my call to preach. And guess where he was all that time? Right here. You know? And, I, and that's like a mild example of my sin. Like, that's a mild example. Like, I could make you sad t- talking about my failures. And guess where he was during my failure? Guess where he was in seminary? When all those big thoughts of God, but devoid of intimacy, like huge scholarly thoughts of God, and what do the Germans say about the linguistic contributions and the sources of all this crap that I did not sense had anything to do with the God of reality who had saved me, who was called, I was called to know. My heart was like a dried up prune that I found in the back of the fridge six months later. More like a, yeah, you ever clean out the fridge and you're like, oh. It turned, to, it turned to liquid diarrhea and leaked all over all the other stuff. When you're, when that's how my heart felt in seminary. And guess where he was when I pounded you know, my fists and said, I don't believe in you anymore. Guess where he was when my attitude was absolutely atrocious and I was angry and slashing, lashing out at my other fellow students who were doing well when I wasn't. And he's never left. Like, Jesus is the best thing that's ever happened to me, and he just keeps happening to me. Like, I've never been the hero of my story, ever. I've always been a bit of a mess, and he's never been a mess over it. He has been calm and steady. First thing he ever said to me. First thing he ever said to me. You know this story. 3 a.m., seeking Jesus, he shows up, I'm scared to look. A voice so clear says, I will never leave you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You know what forsake means? It means he's got a covenant with me, and he's going to keep up his end of the, of the bargain. Even when we don't. And that's what I'm trying to tell you is I haven't. And he has. He's the best thing that's ever happened to me, and he just keeps happening to me. 
He's my favorite topic. He's my favorite person. And the gospel is really Jesus. If you have Jesus, you have everything you need. And if you don't have Jesus, you don't have anything that you really need. 1 John 5, 12, whoever has the Son of God has life. And whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. It's the gospel's Jesus. The gospel, the love story, the rescue story, the story about Jesus being the hero of the story. It's a grace story. It's a story about grace. The whole thing is a is gift. There's nothing about it about earning. You didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. And you ain't about to anytime soon. And yet, you're worth it. That's the gospel. It's a simple, it's a simple, it's, a, it's all gift. And Ephesians 2, the passage I... By grace and not by works, so that no one can boast. The only thing you have, any, the only thing to brag about is Him. The only thing that we're capable of bragging about is Him. If I'm nice to you and I take credit for that, bro, I'm deceived. If, you know what I mean. Do you know me apart from Him? It's not a good day. My wife says it's so important for us to preach the gospel so people don't give us credit for his fruit. It drives my wife crazy when people tell her she's a nice person and she's so sweet and she's so kind and she wants to say, I'm not though. He is in me. I'm cooperating with him. And I would say, uh, I only am when he makes me. <laughs> like, I don't even like you, but he's caused me to love you. You know? Sorry, I just think I looked at you. I didn't mean that. Oh, no, no. <laughs> you got to be careful who you look at when you make a comment like that. Look at the floor. Look at the floor. Like, I don't even like me apart from him. But he's teaching me to love me. And that sounds like... There's some Christians that would just be like, ugh. Self-esteem? Gross. Get me out of this church. I'd rather be told I'm filthy. Well, I told you that earlier. Now I'm telling you to love yourself. <laughs> right? They're both true. The simple gospel is about... I, I, I can have a clean conscience because Jesus paid it all. I, I don't have a clean conscience because I fixed it all. I have a clean conscience not because I live perfectly. I am trying to live to obey the Lord. I am trying to live to please the Lord. But I don't get it right all the time. So what? Then am I condemned to just have a defiled conscience and never trust that God's love is really for me? No. He died to get that off of me. The simple gospel says I have a clean conscience in the sight of God so I can pray. So I can pray. That's the point, by the way, of having a clean conscience in the sight of God. So he can be my dad. So I can walk with him. I don't just mean say prayers in the morning. I mean pray, abide. I'm back to Genesis 2. Because you know prayer is not writing letters to God with your mouth. It's walking with God in the cool of the day. Right? It's not God's email. It's not God's voicemail, which would be a step up from email for some of us. It's walking with God in the cool of the day. And because I have a clean conscience, not because I was perfect today. In fact, I'm, he's not even judging me, y'all. I'm not even under law. He's not an angry judge with a checklist going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
I'm telling you, when I was first saved, that, that thing, that's what I lived under. I took my ignorant heart to the Bible and I turned the Bible into a list of impossible rules and then I judged myself and I assumed God was judging me too. It took a while for me to realize... It took a while for me to realize I'm not under law. I'm under grace. But you don't relate to feeling not enough, imperfect. You get, you're trying to please God and, and then you get one thing wrong and you just can hardly let it go. It's like, oh, mm. that's called condemnation. Yeah. That's not me now. Now, if I, even, now, even if I miss my prayer time in the morning, I don't feel condemned. I don't feel condemned. I miss it. And I'm like, I got to get back there and do that because I feel the difference. Yeah. But I used to feel bad and guilty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. There's a difference between I missed it, right. and so I feel off balance today, and I missed it, and I feel off balance, and condemned, and I'm bad, and God's probably upset, and I'm a disappointment. Yeah. But the gospel is about a clean conscience. The simple gospel is about, I have a clean conscience in the sight of God, so now I have him in Genesis 2. I live in Genesis 2 because I'm not under law. He's not, judging, he's not an angry judge. He's a loving father. The simple gospel is about knowing God, pleasing God. Enoch walked with God. Simple gospel. There was no temple. There were no sacrifices. There were no priests. There was no Moses. There was nothing. There was no church. There was no tithing. There were no rules. There were no laws other than he had an internal compass that said, uh, do the right thing. Treat people good. Be thankful for the stuff that's good in your life. Enoch walked with God. I guarantee he was grateful. He was thankful. And he was kind. Because he walked with God. Abraham walked with God. He believed the simple gospel. You know what the simple gospel says? Believe God. That sounds too simple. Yeah, but what about? Says the complicated human intellect. Yeah, but help me understand how, says the human intellect. And there ain't nothing wrong with understanding. Faith seeking understanding is amazing. But unbelief seeking understanding is not amazing. Right? Abraham believed God. Genesis 15, 6. So God said, righteous. Paul says, we believe God. So God says, righteous. Abraham had a simple promise. I'm going to give you a kid even though you're old and you can't. I'll do you one better. I'm going to give you so many kids you won't be able to count them. And Abraham, standing under the night sky, looking at the stars, hearing God say, see them stars? Can you count them? You won't be able to count your descendants either. Looked up and believed. And God said, my friend, my friend. Paul says, Romans 4, we see Jesus raised from the dead and we say, eternal life, forgiveness of sins, I believe. And the same principle, my friend. Believe God. Simple gospel prayer. Jesus prayed, cooperated with the Holy Spirit, and got God's results. Therefore, simple gospel says, I can pray 
what? Cooperate with the Holy Spirit and get God's results. Simple. Why? Because I believe God. Simple gospel creation logic. The universe appears to have design. How do some people take that information? The universe has apparent design, therefore it doesn't have apparent. The the design that's apparent is false. It's random genetic mutation pretending to be design. Whereas simple gospel says the universe is filled with apparent design. It's like life was meant to be here and says because it was designed and meant to be here, which is simpler, by the way than saying it wasn't, or right and wrong. Right and wrong seem to be real and not just my opinion. Simple gospel logic says right and wrong seem real and not just my opinion because they are real. Do I sound condescending? I hope not. I probably probably do a little. Simple gospel, gospel logic about death. Some people's whole worldview is about trying to make peace with death or deny death, or avoid death, or pretend it doesn't exist, or again, if I can't avoid it, make peace with it. It's just the wheel of life. Because I think intuitively we all what? Hate death, fear death, dislike death, and realize that death swallows everything that matters to us into meaninglessness. And the simple gospel says we should hate death. We should hate death because death's an enemy. And death was never the plan. And death is an indignity. And it's not good. In fact, it's the last enemy. And you should hate it. God hated it so much, he came and sent Jesus to deal with it. Your intuition about death was correct, says the simple gospel. Your intuition about life being designed is right, says the simple gospel. Your intuition that there's such a thing as right and wrong, and it's not just humans making it up, is correct, says the simple gospel. Okay. And then Theology 101. We're almost done. The Theology 101. The who is God stuff. Simple Gospel 101 says, God is love. God is good. I can give you some verses. Exodus 34, 6. God is good. God is everywhere. Jeremiah 23, 23. Uh, God has never sinned against anyone. Ever even though they think he has, and they're mad. Uh, God's reality, this says the simple gospel, God's reality is obvious, but people claim it's not. I could show you a number of Bible verses that say that God makes himself known and clear. The creation makes him known and clear but people don't want to admit it for various reasons. The simple gospel says everything good comes from God. God never lies. Therefore, God can be trusted. Everything good comes from God. God never lies. He can be trusted. So if you find things that are not good, 
Maybe they didn't come from God, says the simple gospel. The simple gospel says people matter to God. I have complicated Christian friends who say that Jesus died for all, but the all doesn't mean all. The all only means all the special people God picked in advance. And that when it says God loves all, it only means that God is kind to all by providing them food and health and whatnot before he ultimately hates them forever by putting them in hell, which they can't avoid and he wouldn't allow them to avoid if they wanted, but they won't want because he was in charge of what they wanted. I have complicated Christian friends. I'm not naming them. I'm not going to name them. But I could give you their names, but I'm not going to. But the simple gospel says God actually cares about people, all people. He cares about all people. Jesus died for all people. Peter says God wants all people to be saved. Peter says God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. No one. He wants everyone to come to a knowledge of Jesus and be forgiven and adopted into his family. That people don't go to hell because of God, says the simple gospel. And that God is sad and upset about people suffering in life and in eternity. That's the simple gospel. My complicated Christian friends say different things about that stuff. Well, he does love everyone, but, but the way he loves the saints is different. Because he loved us so much that he saved us, but he loved them just enough to make them accountable for increased hellfire. And I go, bro, bro, I like my Bible better than what I hear you saying. What I read in my Bible, I like. What I hear you saying, I don't like. Because that's another thing the simple gospel does. The simple gospel believes the Bible, even the hard parts, even the impossible parts, like Joshua and the sun standing still, which to me is a bigger miracle than the resurrection of Jesus. Well, in the way my brain finger, tries to think, I go, huh? How come this one gets skated over? But the resurrection is like, the, how did that happen? And I'm like, well, he just got up. But what this one is... <laughs> I'm going to cough again. <coughs> People matter to God. Simple gospel says God's thoughts are like way far above us. God's thoughts are so, like his thoughts are so far above us. I am smaller than an ant is compared to me in terms of mental understanding. Like infinitely smaller. God's thoughts are way above me, but his motives are clear and plain and simple. His motives, his heart, his why, his, his thoughts, his plans, his, his that stuff, whew, beyond me, so beyond me, so beyond all of us. But his motive, his heart, simple. The simple gospel says God's heart is simple. His heart is love. And that's how we can partner with him. How do you partner with a God who's like a supercomputer and... And you can't possibly begin to know what is going on there. Right? And Calvin, John Calvin, who I was kind of smacking a little bit ago, he said God lisps and speaks baby talk 
to babies as an affectionate. Um, people who don't speak baby talk to babies, what's wrong with them? There was this country music duo, and they had a kid, and they were saying that it bothers them that ki- people use baby voices to talk to babies, so they never did it with their, with their baby. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Do, you? do you never talk baby talk to your animals? What's wrong with you right now? <laughs> oh, yes, you did. Oh, yes, you are. Oh, you know you did. Yes, you are. You is a good boy. If you don't talk like that, what is wrong with you? Come on. What is... All brain and no soul. Get a soul. Right? I do think, though, that that same, that same uh, couple told the story of their daughter, and I've told it ever since. They're like, our daughter's really got an interesting creative outlook. The, the maid, and I was like, okay, so here's what we're talking about. They have a maid. All right, okay. The maid will leave the room, and she'll say, and so she walked out of our lives forever. <laughs> and I use, and I quote that, regularly and have ever since. Like someone will leave the room and I just think that and chuckle and say it and nobody else but me seems to get it. So, but now you will, because now you know. So this is, this is the simple gospel. God is love. God is love. It's a great love story. It's a rescue story. Because he's love, he comes on a rescue mission to bring us home. And now that we're home, We get to believe his love, we get to belong to his love, and we're called to live a life of love. And God knows that this assignment is too hard for us. So he's promised to help us. Every day. And he's never going to leave us or forsake us.